Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. All right, Jessica, after many weeks of Shakespeare and Hathaway, we are emerging from the English countryside. Bye-bye, English countryside. Bye-bye. And we are doing a new show, a gritty show. I, I take that back. It I don't know that this would be so called gritty, gritty. But we're doing yeah. a new show with lots more explosions. The explosions yes. budget on this show is a lot more than anything that Shakespeare <laughs> and Hathaway did. What For are sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they were like peddling on swans uh, yes. as escapes and getaways. And this one is like NC. CIS level. Yes. Pyro. Uh, yes. <laughs> so what are we doing now this week? We are doing The Irrational. Yay! It's a new one from NBC. Yeah. And it's already been picked up for a second season. So we're very excited to hear about that. This is starring Jesse L. Martin. What, what? So famous. Extremely famous for lots of reasons, but yes. forever in my heart because of Rent. Yeah. Rent, 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 Rent. Rent, Rent. When I met you, that was your very favorite musical. No. What? I'm, it, no. Sunday in the Park with George had by, had at that point supplanted Rent as my favorite musical. But it is still one of like the experience, <laughs> the experience of Rent. Like I've never seen Sunday, as we have talked about, maybe on this podcast, I've never seen Sunday in the Park with George live. Mm. Rent, I was lucky enough. I, a, I loved it when it came out. I was a huge fan, but I was mm. already living on the West Coast. I came over for a for a visit Labor Day weekend, I think, and we were walking by a the visit the to Broadway. A visit to Broadway. We were walking by the theater, and this was back when you still had a line up to get. It wasn't a raffle for rush tickets. It was you had a line up. Oh, and this was like the hot show, and so you could never get tickets. Even lining up the line started at like five in the morning. But it was Labor Day weekend in New York, which means that nobody was in New York. Everybody gets oh. the hell out of town. Oh, so yeah. we we had all these plans for this Saturday. And we walked by at like 11 a.m. and there was no line. And we were like, well, we're standing in front of this theater all day is what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so we did. We stood in front of the theater. And I managed to see the original Broadway cast of Rent. And this is another thing. This is one of those like random Jacob brushes with fame. After the show, we were walking down the street and like the, a gaggle of like the stars from like, I think like Adina and Tay and Adam and then Jesse Martin just came like walking down the street. And I was all like, hey. And they're like, hey, I was like, good show. And they're like, uh huh. They kept walking and laughing and doing all those things. But like, they were going to some, they were going to after- some dinner drinks and sure dinner party yeah. after show party or something like yeah. that. i mean they were 20 year old like broadway famous people and i was like hey it was a really good show i really loved it i bought a t-shirt i did i bought a t-shirt i know i remember that t-shirt yeah. this was a very important musical it was for a very, you it when was i met a very you important musical. i mean maybe sunday in the park with george was up there but rent was very important yes so the irrational also very important, even though it is, as it says, irrational. Yes, yes. Okay. So, yes, he mm-hmm. is famous for Rent. But he is also, mm-hmm. for anybody who has watched any kind of crime television Which in the last have, given more the... than a decade, <laughs> yes. he was on Law & Order. And for all the Law & Orders, all actually, orders. Uh, he's played the same character on five different shows, including four Law & Order shows. Well, wait a minute. So he's been on five different shows, but only yes. four of them were Law and Order. What was the okay. fifth? Okay, and this is bizarre trivia. All right, so he is he along with five other actors 
play the same character in all of the first four New York City-based Law & Order series. But actually, he's played the same character on five different shows, Law & Order, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, Law & Order Criminal Intent, Law & Order Trial by Jury, and Andy Barker, P.I. I I don't know what that show was. Wait a minute. Is that the Andy (laughs) Richter show? It was. Oh my gosh, good memory. It was. It was the Andy Richter show. It only la- it was on NBC. I don't even I'm not even sure it lasted a whole season. No, it didn't. It lasted 6 episodes. Okay. Well, <laughs> I guess he was on it. That is that is fantastic. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. He was also on Ally McBeal. He was mm-hmm. also more recently people may know him from The Flash. He was on mm-hmm. I didn't even know they had 176 oh, the, episodes the Flash, of The Flash, the Green Arrowverse DC Flash on CW yeah. was massive hit. So he played Joe West on that mm-hmm. and actually he hurt his back not on that show but he had to take he'd hurt his back. I'm not sure how but he had to take a medical absence, medical leave oh. from The Flash back in 2018. And then he ended up leaving that show in order to do this show, to Fantastic. do The Irrational. Well, why don't we talk about this show? What is the premise okay. of this show? Okay. So the, sh- the logline is Alec Mercer is a world-renowned behavioral scientist who lends his expertise to an array of high-stakes cases involving governments, law enforcement, and corporations with his unique and unexpected approach to understanding human behavior. And does it say that he's a psych? It says that he's a psychologist in there, right? He's it a says research- he's a behavioral scientist. Behavioral scientist. Fair enough. He's mm-hmm. a behavioral scientist. He's a psychologist at some college. Yeah. Some like in the South. In the in Virginia. Oh yeah. It's right. in Virginia because uh-huh. it's like outside D.C. It's in Virginia. Yeah. He also filmed in Vancouver, which I was like, what? Not even Georgia. They filmed this in Vancouver. Yeah. Right. That's weird. It's a, it was a little weird, but like. His he, ex-wife it hires him for a lot of gigs, and mm-hmm. she is an FBI agent. Yes, and he is not willing to believe that they are actually getting a divorce. He's tr- he's still tr- he's still yeah. carrying a torch and trying to get back together with her. Yeah, which his sister gives him all kinds of crap for. But what it also means is that this show gives me a little bit of anxiety nightmares. Oh, why? There is back in, so college. You know, okay, so you know those, like, you always get those nightmares where it's just like, oh my gosh, I've showed up for this test and I haven't studied at all. In fact, I've never even been to a class in this. What is happening? But I need this to, like, those those nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of those dreams are a little extra amped for me because I went to four, at least four different colleges before I finally graduated. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But my first time around, I was taking a psych class. And as part of this psych course, you had to participate in two experiments. Oh, uh-huh. so you had a yeah. Oh, I I had to do this too. Yeah, that's pretty. Every, every yeah, every undergrad has to do this. I never participated in the second experiment. The person I was supposed to be being in her experiment with never like organized it for me to go back and actually do the experiment. And there is a part of my brain where I'm always just they're gonna find out I didn't do it. They're gonna flunk me, and I will never have graduated from college, even though that was four colleges ago. <laughs> oh my goodness! So Jesse Martin. I just want you to know, I promise I will turn in the paperwork and be in any experiment you want. If you need if you need it, if you're getting thin on experiments, call me up. I'll be there. It'll be great. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Like, what a fear. Like, just mm-hmm. cross it off the list, Jacob. Like, this has got to be something. This, this is a little like exposure therapy for me. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So there you go. Oh, gosh. I, I hope the best for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that.
Yeah. So as you may have gathered, it is a drama thriller. Mm -hmm. I think thriller goes along with explosions. Yes. And then CIS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also also has to be more thriller than Mystery or Private Eye because they exploded his bitchin' private investigator car in the first episode. Oh my gosh, I cried so yeah, it was fir- so cute. It's so cute. And what, it's like, what the heck? Why do you do that? I don't a know. detective like, always has to have a car. He's got to have a bitchin' car. He's not a de- he's not a detective though. He's a behavioral scientist. Oh, so right. got to get rid of that car. So I don't know. I want I want them to bring it back somehow. He needs a bitchin' car. He does. I cross your fingers, man. Three third episode. They better bring something in there. Yes. Yeah. So this pilot premiered in September this year, twenty twenty three end of the month actually so it's very new we are watching on peacock slash nbc we are watching as i we just kind of alluded to the third episode of the first season which is called the barnum effect which i did not look up because i did right. not want to preach yes but I you that. may know what this is already i don't i don't know i mean i imagine it has something to do with like barnum and bailey and some kind of like touting experiment like how how mm. well you can like inflate people's expectations but maybe oh. not I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. So the logline is, after a passenger plane crashes into the Potomac River, suspicions focus on the pilot. Professor Mercer and the team are asked to investigate the pilot's personal motivations and piece together clues in the hope of revealing the truth. All right, then. So it's the pilot or not the pilot. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's going to be our guess, I guess. Should we even watch the trailer maybe we should just guess right now well we got a truth, 50 no truth. we got a 50 50 yeah, shot oh, yeah, at this yeah, like right. it's either the pilot or not the pilot it's not even I'm, an over under it's yes just yes it's, no it's just yes or no and let's face it it's not the pilot oh okay it's it's it's, it, it's not the pilot the plane crashes yeah and they yeah. can't find anything else that, to do with the co- yeah it's with... not the pilot so we'll okay. i mean we'll have to guess to figure out what it is but no it's not the pilot let's, okay let's be clear Okay. Well, before we get into guessing, though, let's talk about some of the other. Yes. Tell, tell us, yeah, and, we got to talk about his. We got to talk about his ex-wife and his yeah. sister and his. Yes. Tell yeah. us. So his uh, FBI ex-wife Marissa Clark, that's the character name, is played by Mara Hill, and she is a Cleveland native. What? What? Yeah. Her first credit was "I didn't know I was pregnant," followed by "Modern Family" and many other credits: "Jane the Virgin," "Speechless," "Pearson." How to, that's a show we should watch. "How to Get Away with Murder," "Blackish," "The L Word." She starred in a series called "Delilah," produced on the OWN Network, Oprah's mm-hmm. Network, about a lawyer who hangs up a white shoe law firm or hangs up her. No, she stops working at a white shoe law firm in order to hang up her shingle in North Carolina in order to make her kids more more of a number one priority. Got it. Although I have to say, I've never understood the term white shoe law firm. Because that it's supposed like, to mean that it's a very wears... Tony high end. But all I can think about is like Herb or whatever the guy, sleazy guy's name is from WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh. Like some rube out there <laughs> in like white, in white patent leather shoes yeah, or something. Who so does that? It's a real term. I just yeah. don't understand where it comes from. Yeah. His Alex sister is played by Traving Springer. What's the sister's name? The sister's character name is Kylie. Okay, so Kylie. And that's played by, again, Traving Springer. And she is actually from the Marvel Universe. She was on Ms. Marvel. She played Taisha Hillman, a Muslim convert who cares very deeply about her faith and family and loves all things nerd. And Traving 
identified with this role because she is also a Muslim convert. Oh, nice. And she's also a stand-up comedian and a sketch comedian. She is also fluent in American Sign Language. And it has come up on a couple of her different credits, including that she has worked as a performer with Deaf West here in In L.A., LA, which is a nonprofit theater that they've gone to Broadway, right? I believe they have. Because I think they won a Tony for their – they did a version of Big River. Right. Which is the Tom Tom Sawyer – no, not Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn musical. Yeah. 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 And then on Alex's team are two – people two graduate assistants i assume is what they are one is phoebe and the other one is rizwan and phoebe is played by molly coons she has guest star credits on finding carter a show called swedish dicks which i did not look into but (laughs) is that like swedish fish just gummy treats for your bridesmaid party (laughs) yeah right uh colony Doubt, Gone, Chicago Fire. It's funny, a lot of people on this show have Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago something, The oh. Chai. Like, <laughs> they all have Chicago credits, but I don't see them. They've moved from Chicago to Virginia, actually Vancouver. So, yeah. yeah. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. And it, if you want to look her up, hilarious. There's an article written clearly by AI that oh. makes zero sense. Oh, so good, AI. Keep trying. Bless your heart. Yeah, bless your heart, AI. Thanks for putting that on the internet. Okay, so the other graduate assistant, as I said, that character is named Rizwan, is played by Arash Demaxi. His credits include The Blacklist, Partner Track, The Equalizer, and Chicago Med. Chicago Med. God bless Chicago. As we said before. And then there is another character, Jace Richards. And he's played by Brian King. His credits include Prison Break, Leverage, Empire, The Chai, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, of course. So we'll find out how Jace Richards yeah, comes up as a regular remember, in this episode. I don't remember episode. that at all. You know what this episode doesn't have, and I have missed because they didn't have one of these on Shakespeare and Hathaway either. We haven't, we haven't had a snappy little coroner in a long time oh maybe he that's what he is but we haven't had a coroner in any of this stuff yet but maybe that's who because he's only in six episodes of eight i think the first season is all right so maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a little coroner action happening here maybe i miss me a good coroner i know you really do need a snappy coroner keeping everyone in line right like that guy on endeavor yeah yeah you need a snappy coroner you need they either need to be quirky or sna- snarky or snappy or something you just, just yeah. give me give me that little corner flavor which is not the same as the flavor of dead flesh no thank you no no please none of that thank you okay so the creator mm-hmm. executive producer showrunner of this show is i certainly hope it's of this show i don't know i don't want to talk about <laughs> any other show erica lizanne mitman and Erica is noted as one of several pioneers of the Sony Pictures Digital Entertainment to first create and produce online original content and series. She's won a Humanities Prize for Children's Live Action Category for a show called South of Nowhere. Her IMDb first credit is Dawson's Creek in 1998, and wow. she has gone back, on two shows. She has she wrote for Legend of the Seeker. <laughs> 
which we all thought that was a totally down under I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was New Zealand or Australia. Yeah. Guess not. She also wrote on Medium, and then she started becoming a producer and executive producer, and so we are in good hands. She was on Dexter. She executive produced on Dexter, Elementary, Timeless. That was a big deal. Yeah. Paradise Lost and La Brea, and now this. Oh, I love La Brea. La Brea was a ton of fun. Yeah. Bonkers, but fun. So she, interesting segue, she got the concept for this mm-hmm. show, which is based on a book by a writer and a scientist who Scholar. is a professor yeah. at, at Duke, Dan Ariely. And she got Dan Ariely's book, also called the, predict. well, the, actually, the book is called Predictably Irrational, The Hidden Forces That Shape Our Decisions. She got that book from executive producer and the writer of this episode mark goffman okay and mark goffman is and also he's actually known he was listed in the hollywood reporter as one of 50 most influential showrunners in television oh wow yeah yeah but he is executive producing on the show and he did write this episode he only wrote one episode of the season he has tons of credits himself he is also an executive as we mentioned executive producer showrunner his credits include the umbrella academy cbs hit show bull limitless yeah yeah and we were trying to like track down like how I mean everybody knows each other from various things of course mm-hmm. but Mark Goffman again the writer and Erica the creator of the show also wrote on Elementary which is where I think they might have met mm-hmm. each other and Law and Order SUV <laughs> no 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 Law and Order SVU not SUV SVU oh oh yes yeah, you're yeah. right uh, Law and Order Escalade <laughs> yes. Law and Order Yukon. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go on. Okay. He also wrote on The West Wing, mm. which I didn't Walk realize that anybody wrote yeah, well, on The West Wing other than they Aaron had a, Sorkin. They had a writer's room, but yeah, Aaron Sorkin definitely wrote each draft. Yeah. He, Goffman also ran, apparently, the writer's room for Aaron Sorkin's Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. So he is very familiar with the Aaron Sorkin Yeah. He, and clearly Aaron Sorkin style. trusts him. Yeah. Yeah. So that says a lot of great things about him. Trying to think now if there were any walk and talks in this in any of the episodes we've seen so far. There's not a whole lot of walk and talks. Yeah, we gotta keep an eye out. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if we get some walk and talks. And some walk and talks. Oh my gosh. Yes. New car and walk and talks. Yes. Yeah. His okay, I wasn't gonna say this, but it's too it's too Vegas for us to ignore. Too Vegas. Okay, please. So Goffman's bio credits his feature directorial debut. As dumbstruck, and I was like, "What is that?" And then it was a 2010 documentary, and I was like, mm, "Snooze." And then it said about ventriloquists, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, oh, I'm in." What? Okay. <laughs> and then I was looking at his IMDb credits, and actually, it lists his 2009 directorial debut it, it like his first yes. credit as a director is actually in 2009 as a director producer for the video terry fader live from las vegas which we know is terry fader is a ventriloquist he's, yes he's, he's big tri- ventriloquist that's hilarious so yeah he, he directed it and then he's like this deserves to be a documentary yeah <laughs> so i'm super curious what that is what that is at all but we should talk about Dan Ariely for a second. Oh, boy. 
Okay, so Dan, if I'm even pronouncing his name last name wrong, I'm you sorry. know what? From what you're about to say, all I can say is claim that you are. It'll be all right. All right. So Dan Ariely, the you know has the written mm-hmm. by the the book based on you know is it, he was predictably the writer. irrational. Yeah. So he's an Israeli-American professor and author. He serves as the James B. Duke Professor of Psychology and Behavioral Economics at Duke University. He is the co-founder of several companies implementing insights from behavioral science. He wrote an advice column called Ask Ariely in the Wall Street Journal from June of 2012 until September of 2022. He is the author of three New York Times bestselling books, Predictably Irrational, The Upside of Irrationality, and The Honest Truth About Dishonesty, and he co-produced the 2015 documentary, Dishonesty, The Truth About Lies. And I was like, oh, I'm hooked. I'm in. Yeah, clearly these creators were as well. And then it said, in 2021, Ariely had faced multiple accusations of data fraud and academic misconduct, which have resulted in a retra- in a retracted paper, is what <laughs> Wikipedia said. But then Wikipedia, of course, thank you, Wikipedia, just totally outlined all of this stuff. I mean, it, it is not just one little bit of data yeah, fraud. No, clearly, this is somebody who lied a lot and was just like, huh, I guess it's easier to get away with lying than anybody ever thought. I'm just going to lie. And then he wrote a about yeah. it. I'm going to lie in my book about lying. Surely no one will think about to question this. Yes. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's not a small amount. No, he, yeah. One retracted paper? I don't know. Maybe like, Ooh. it's crazy. So, and then the other interesting thing See, this thing is why is, we do fake crime, people. Fake yes. crime, fake guesses. <laughs> so, the other interesting thing, I think, about Dan Ariely and this lying thing is that Part of Predictably Irrational is in that book, he tells the story about him having burned himself and mm. he got burned. He he was doing something with some flammable liquids and for a, a ceremony of some sort. And then they exploded all over him. 70% of his body had third degree burns and nurses would tear the bandages off quickly because they said that will make the pain less. However, he did research and he found out actually it is better to pull it off slowly. There's actually less pain if you pull it off slowly, but the thing is that it prolongs the pain or the anticipation the of nurse. pain for the nurses and so they can't take it and so they say that it makes it go faster. Because so it's in, it was an interesting observation. Okay, so why am I saying this? Because everybody on the internet watching NBC or Peacock and seeing these commercials, everybody who's watching the office reruns or whatever the heck else on NBC and Peacock is like, oh my God, what happened to Jesse L. Martin? Because his one whole side of his face in the first episodes is uh, he it's has one of his scars. It's one of his character traits that this is yeah. defining character moments that yes, he was caught in a bomb explosion and like three quarters of his body is third degree burns and so he is scarred everywhere yeah yes. and so the whole internet is like oh my god what happened no nothing it's, happened it's, it's makeup. just makeup he's he spends a lot of time in makeup for oh this. my it gosh looks he re- must have to get there at like four in the morning yeah. they have to have made a mold at this point of the whole thing that they can just kind of like Hopefully. super glue on because it's it's a lot yeah it really is 
and he's he's doing great with it. He is also an executive producer, so he gets paid there for, you go. for wearing chair. that makeup, for sitting in that chair. So my point is also about Dan Ariely. I just after I've saved I've all of everyone's concerns about thank you. The, you know that I can now rest easy about knowing Jesse, about Jesse Martin's Martin face. that he is fine. Jesse L. Martin also people might have been concerned because he did take a medical leave from the Flash, but that was for a back. Issue, issue right and he had back pain so he he knows how to have the character pain yes those pain okay the director of this episode is a actually a director actor he got his first credits in 1984 including fairy tale theater and facts of life okay i was so excited to he was also on v our house walker texas ranger murder she wrote as an actor like a child actor clearly, I think, or a teenager. And like that's like everything that I watched in like so my So you've youth. seen this director? Who didn't I'm direct sure. them? He was, st- he was appearing in them? Yeah, he was a guest star. Oh, okay, shows. got it. And then he started directing, it looks like in 2005, Boston Legal, Grey's Anatomy, Finding Carter, Ugly Betty, Hawaii Five-0, ep- like a bunch of episodes of Castle. So he's used to mystery. He also did Timeless, How to Get Away with Murder, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And here's a fun fact about him. He was a supporting character in, the character's name was Mike Brennan, in the 1986 cult horror film Chopping Mall. Which was one of the few slasher films that I could watch that at that age. That is so it's, hilarious. It's, it's a very bad, but it's also kind of scary movie. It's totally 80s slasher film. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so the funny thing about that, too, is that not only was he in it back in the day but he was the cinematographer on some like documentaries that they did on it they probably did a re-release like maybe like put it on video and so all those behind the scenes making of things he was he's credited as the cinematographer for all those back in 2016 (laughs) it's hilarious to be able to look back on something and Go back and ask the director, what was going on with that? And what about all those props? What, where did you get those? Where did you, how did you make those robots? And how did those lasers yeah, not robots. look robots? <laughs> it's a little bonkers. And then there are some logic cops on IMDb. No. Yeah. It's funny because they- You they, found me out. <laughs> they, they say things are spoilers. They're like, spoiler. And I'm like, no logic cop. But that is really a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, I think. I, I think those words could be synonymous, don't no. you? They're synonyms. No, no. Lo- feel... Logic, no. A lot. There is no. A logic cop is not a spoiler. A logic I cop will point what out. What a incons- spoiler is, but yeah. what I'm saying is somebody like a logic cop is somebody who likes to like spoil the fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that that I agree with. 100%. Is somebody who's like, well, I didn't really believe that that because that would never happen. That would never and so happen like, because in the real world, world, you have to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, and so they're like spoiling your suspension of disbelief, which this is fiction. So like, don't go around. Don't like, stop the fun train. Don't stop the fun train. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Don't stop the fun train. Yeah. We need to get this fun train moving though. So yes. we're gonna go watch the beginning, and we'll be right back with some guessing. See you soon. Okay, so let's talk, first of all, let's once again talk about budgets. Between this and Shakespeare and Hathaway, once again, a big budget in Shakespeare and Hathaway was staging a party. 
Right. For this show, the third episode of this season, they crash a plane. Right. (laughs) There is a plane crash, a big fuselage in the middle of the woods. They do CGI of a plane's wing clipping the top of a bridge, which, okay, let's, that bridge now has to be shut down for at least, I imagine that bridge has to be shut down for at least a year because there's no way that that bridge is like structurally sound anymore oh right so traffic in dc just got a whole hell of a lot worse right (laughs) (laughs) but yes that's what we're looking at here people we're looking at the difference between cozy and thriller british and american one has a dinner party for its like season finale the other (laughs) crashes a plane in its third episode there you go welcome to american tv boom baby (laughs) here we go Yes. So we we've learned what the Barnum effect is. Right away. Alec comes out of his bedroom and his sister Kylie is like reading tarot cards <laughs> on the kitchen table. And like he's just like, oh, boy, he has no time for this. Yeah. And he says and it's, she gets the tower. Yeah. Which she's like, oh, my gosh, lots of distress, but also maybe good things. He's like, yeah. Could you make it any more specific? Which is when he tells us about the Barnum effect, which was related to P.T. Barnum, but not in the way that I thought. Oh, yes. Because well, I said it was all about like promoting and making things bigger than they were, but it's different. What, do you, yes, what was it? Yes. It is people using general terms in order to convince people that they – other people that they know the future. Right. They're talking – like because then if you use – talk generally enough then everyone's just like oh well you must mean my aunt sally you're a genius thank you like you know the like you know what i mean it's that kind yeah. of like just make things vague enough and they can apply to everybody and then let people fill in what it actually applies to and you yeah. then think that the other person knows it's like the horoscope that is the same thing like yes. you pick and choose what it means so that's the barnum effect you have a nice little moment where the sister once again warns alec not to like get too hung up on his ex-wife but the ex-wife meanwhile has invited him back down to the FBI. Yes. One thing about this show mm-hmm. is that this is the like, this is a very like trendy American thing to do now where it's just like you can't just have like single episodes. You have to have like in addition to single episodes there has to be like season long char- character myth things oh. about what the big thing. So the big yeah. like core wound character myth around Alec is that he was his best friend and he were caught in this church bombing around a political a political campaign. And he that's how he got the burns over like 75% of his body. His friend yeah. died. Many other people died as well. And he couldn't remember. He saw something. He was a witness, but he didn't remember anything. And in the first two episodes, he's remembered the logo on a van that was near the scene that peeled away. Yeah. So his ex-wife calls him into the calls him to the FBI office to say, hey, you remember this logo? It's for this company that was, it's a florist that was only so far away from it. So there's a dry cleaner. Dry cleaner. You're right. It was a dry cleaner. He was trying to smell flowers to jog his memory in the past mm-hmm. episode, but it was a dry cleaner. And so they are reopening the case. So there you go. There's your like overall thread. You've got your emotional hook with him and his ex-wife that's going on for a long time. Ground that in the emotion. You got your long story arc that you're doing at this great do that meanwhile his graduate assistant rizwan this is working like. over <laughs> because we all know nobody actually gets paid anything in academia as a grad student yeah so he's working as an uber as an uber driver and as he's working and annoying the person in the back seat talking up his boss which again great way for exposition <laughs> annoying somebody in the back seat telling you everything you need to know about this guy the flame flame <laughs> <laughs> the plane flies over really low, 
clips a bridge, and then they cut away back to the FBI office where Marissa is about to reveal something very personal and maybe take their relationship to another level, and then she gets called away because something has happened. They don't know what. Guess what? Of course, it's the plane crash. Yeah. They go to the plane crash. He doesn't go to the plane crash because, you know, he's not working for the FBI at the moment. Uh, but once Marissa gets to the plane, she realizes, everybody realizes that the pilot was drug-free, but somehow after takeoff, he stopped following protocol and the plane went down. So they're trying to get insight into the pilot's mind. So yes, did the pilot do it or not? That's what we're guessing on. I am just going to straight ahead say, I don't think he did. I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I don't oh. think he did. I think it was a co-pilot. Oh. I do. I think it was a co-pilot because they lock the, you know what I mean? There would have been something in there. There would have been some kind of communication. They lock the door to the cabin now. Right. And to get in, you have to do a lot. So if they did, they would have had warning. They would have been able to call back. But the pilot didn't fly protocol or mm. fly protocol. Man, I cannot speak today. D gentle listener, you're just going to have to give me some give me some slack on this. But he didn't follow any <laughs> protocol, so he didn't call back to the tower. So I'm guessing that like, yeah, I'm guessing that there was something inside the cabin, which is, means it's the pilot or the co-pilot. I'm guessing that the co-pilot was a bit of a conspiracy nut. Back to oh. the Barnum effect. Oh. The yes, the pilot, the co-pilot was some kind of conspiracy nut, read something into the conspiracies, thought that it applied to him, and then and oh, him, this day, this day at this time, this is March this is what's going to happen. February. And like he just got all doomsday culty in his head. And he's like, I've got to like crash this plane to like save all of our souls or to like protect the country or something. Like the, it was the co-pilot off of some weird like prediction that he made in his brain. Or whoa, or it was the co-pilot because a flight attendant just broke his heart and he oh. just was just feeling bad. Oh He's just like, I just need gosh. to end it all. So there you go. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that's a little less fun. But yes, I'm. But that's what it is. I'm going to say that it was a co-pilot. Never want to get on a plane nut. again. Yeah, you what? say that, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I will give you the Rain Man trivia, human. which is, of course, that the planes are much safer than auto travel. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Very either that, human. Either that, or the co-pilot wasn't getting his drinks quick enough. Because we all know oh. that pilots are big lushes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. You're just making it worse and worse, Jacob. <laughs> oh, God. Remember that show we saw in New York that was yes. all about plane crashes? We saw a show or in New York. No, it was accidents. exactly what it was. It was yeah. about plane crashes. We saw the show where they this theater company literally took the recordings of the transcripts from, from recordings of black boxes. Didn't even get the, the, didn't get the recordings themselves. Yeah, the cockpit black boxes of plane crashes. And staged them, which it was genius because all you need is a plane cabin and yeah. a few actors come in and it was, oh my gosh, it was riveting. It was tense and riveting and amazing. They even used that, like they said, yeah. they used that for actual training. Yeah. Actual pilot training. Yeah. They had been doing it when we saw it. I think, think they'd already been doing it for two years. Wow. Not in that same theater, right. but in the like, production had been traveling around. Yeah. yeah, and traveling and as a teaching tool, but then also like just 
seriously cool and interesting. Yeah, I'm betting. I'm betting that that is exactly how like the British television stage it. Like if they had to stage a plane crash for Shakespeare and Hathaway, you wouldn't actually see the plane. You'd just see like just like the inside of a cabin. <laughs> Do the whole Star Trek. Never mind. I'm trying to make a joke about budgets, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Fine, I'll stop oh, I'm talking sorry. about. No, no, you've ruined the joke. Just tell us your guesses. You just thought it was super cheap, or is that no, what you're no? I didn't think the play was cheap at all. I'm saying is that like, I mean, obviously the play was cheap. It was off Broadway in a less than 99 seat. It was like maybe seated 35 people. So yes, the play was cheap. And what I'm saying is the BBC is cheap. So if they had a stage of plane crash, that's how they do it. You wouldn't get an actual like, oh. fuselage in the middle of the forest. <laughs> Again, comparing Shakespeare and Hathaway yes, versus correct. the irrational that's where and I'm NBC it's, television. Look, you should be familiar with the fact that I go a long way for a bad joke by now. That's well, just my MO. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'm glad because we are a comedy podcast and what I was ostensibly (laughs) what I yeah ostensibly what I was thinking the whole time I saw this was like they filmed that at Universal because they have that isn't that it's that, the set yes yeah, it's they the have set the plane for crash. Um, War of the Worlds the yeah. Tom Hanks War of the Worlds with the Tom plane Hanks crash not Tom Hanks Tom Cruise oh yeah but it's Spielberg right yes and, he, and they kept it it's out there but there are no trees so yeah no this is very definitely in the middle of a Pacific Northwest forest yeah so I, I don't like they just built a plane. Logic again. Cop, those trees again. only exist in the Pacific Northwest around in Canada, so it could <laughs> not be filmed in Virginia. You're, You're ruining it for You're, me, Jacob. This verisimilitude <laughs> is just, it's horrible. That's not how the FBI works. Uber, the Uber app doesn't look like that. He would not communicate his silence preference that way. <laughs> and everyone would be much more upset about the <laughs> the bridge. The bridge. Oh, the talk radio would be all about the bridge and their commute. <laughs> okay, my guess, right? Yes, please. So, if they're going to continue this Barnum effect mm-hmm. thing, then you never hear about the Bailey effect, by the way, right? <laughs> Which is well, yeah. very old cartoon. That guy's been dead for a really long time. Bailey, I have no idea who you're talking. Who you're talking about? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Barnum and Bailey. Oh, the Ringling Brothers. Right. Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yeah. So there's the Barnum effect, P.T. Barnum. So there must be a Bailey effect. Oh, I see. Yeah. There was a comic in the newspaper. Beetle Bailey? Oh, that was Beetle Bailey. That was Beetle Bailey by Mort Walker. Mort Walker is, in fact, dead. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) That was a... Jacob, you have really actuallyed me a couple of times today, (laughs) but deservedly so because I made some errors. Some dorky errors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, actually, these are your guesses. <laughs> okay. So my guess is that the mechanic, this was inadvertent. Is oh, okay. an inadvertent error. At takeoff, the mechanic had said something to the pilot. Mm-hmm. And you know how corporate speak, we just use, it's a lot of crappy shorthand. Yeah. Where people are like, I have a hard stop, or let's put a pin in that. <laughs> let's put a pin or, in this. You got to uh, change the paradigm. Yeah, yeah. You got to lean in. Uh, let's take a deep dive on that, or <laughs> let's really take the low hanging fruit. Right, we're going to hit the ground running. What's the ROI on this? Yes. So I think that the mechanic was trying to communicate something and used a lot of jargon mm-hmm. that was not, was just generic. And so. 
the pilot interpreted it as, oh, okay, I need to make some accommodations or I need to do some things in order to, you know, make this, you know, like when you get into something that's kind of a little bit rickety, you're like, oh, okay, I need, I know that I need to press hard on the brake in order to get it to go. But then after that, you just have to shimmy the blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right, right, right. And... And then I have to click it two times to the left in order yeah. to get the turbo, it to... The turbo encabulator is not doing its fracking com- correctly right. or something. Yeah. yeah, which none of this is making me feel any better about planes as I say it out loud. <laughs> so this whole conversation is not... Well, I oh, can't wait to the end of this episode. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think the pilot said something like that. Said Or not the pilot. The mechanic said something that was sort of generalized and see that was about the plane like well she pulls a little to the left it's but... like a golf swing the yeah. plane pulls a little to the left but <laughs> you just aim at three degrees north northeast you'll be fine yeah yeah and so the pilot took that to mean something specific to the plane or what to you know or mm-hmm. to, to flying and so co- overcompensated and pilots in, overcompensate for a lot. Let's just be clear about that too. Oh, oh you all right. <laughs> and so then that's what caused this. It's a misunderstanding of under of, of poor communication. Poor communication. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It could also just be that like the digital cockpit just completely barfed all over everything. Yeah. And uh, somebody or somebody sabotaged. I mean, that would explain why he couldn't communicate with anybody. Like they just Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't, yeah, he couldn't call back. Or there just wasn't time. Like, sometimes there just isn't time. Yeah. Like, I mean, when that guy, the Tom Hanks did that movie. Where, Sully. Sully, yeah. There were birds, right, that flew into the... Yeah, the birds the, flew into the jet intakes. The jet yeah. intakes, and I think that can happen as soon as you take off. Well, it, it, more likely to happen when you take off, because, yeah, the birds, I mean, a lot of air airports are in marshes and wetlands and near the coast because they wanted them as far away from people as possible. So yeah, Yeah. that's just so happens where birds like to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that happens, you, you just kills an engines and you you may not have time because you're like trying to compensate and get the plane down or figure out what to do next. And so you don't really have the time to talk through it to the tower. You think he is a hero. It just so happened that he just, he couldn't land this one safely in a river. He just yeah, I mean, the fact, the, that the, the fact that Potomac. there are more people, like the fact that not everybody died is amazing on this. So yeah, I, I, this is why I don't think it was actually the pilot. I think the pilot was doing the best he could because like if the pilot really wanted to like just destroy everybody on this, there are other ways to do it. Yeah. Again, not making you feel good about our upcoming holiday travel, oh am I? Oh, my God, Jacob. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go take a Xanax <laughs> and watch the rest of this episode and come back and tell you how we did. Sounds good. See you soon. What did we learn this week, Jessica? Oh, what my did we, What did we learn from so this much. brainy show? Well, first of all, we learned some Latin. Oh, or yes. Or actually, last of all. Last, yes, is right. This is one of the last things. Yeah, the last quotes. Which was who's watching the Watchmen? Yeah, key upstowed custodis custodibus I have no idea how to pronounce it. Wow, it's, yeah, you, no. you knew the first part. That's yeah. impressive. Uh, no, I'm just a comic book geek because that's all over the the oh. Watchmen comic book made that super that quote super famous. Oh, so. oh my gosh! Wow, they yeah, and then as we said, they were 
the sister Kylie was playing tarot or not playing doing tarot right doing at a tarot the reading of the day and, and so the, the barnum the effect so we learned about the barnum effect we, so we learned about the barnum effect which did not factor in the solution but did factor into the misapprehensions of, of the early solutions, yeah because they were, were listening incorrect. to the yeah they were listening to the black box recording and they were hearing what they wanted to hear basically yeah 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 we learned about the- oh, and also oh. The, he also used the Barnum effect. I'm actually I take that back. The hearing what you wanted to hear, I don't think that was the Barnum effect. The Barnum effect was when so Alec, because of course Alec is the hero, so Alec has to be the one who like captures the criminal and like is leading everything. Yeah, Alec takes. So obviously, this plane crashed. There is an, a National Transportation Safety Board official, NTSB official. There, his name is Dale. Dale. And then there is also Owen, who is from the Hallett Aviation Company, mm-hmm. and his assistant, not his assistant, his like second in, second command, in command or like a yeah. person who reports to him named Emma. But anyways, so they are all there it, at the at the crash site talking to the FBI about the appropriate way to like report this and go into it and they all very much think that the pilot did it lots of things happen in the episode in the end alec has to go question owen from the manufacturing company and catch him determine whether or not he's like lying and covering up or if he really has some like knowledge about what's going on on all this and so he uses the barnum effect to kind of draw owen out like he just like makes a couple guesses and throws some lines into the water and then uh like Oh, right. Yeah, yeah he, he does totally a little bit of a, tries it. to do a little bit of a right. cold read on that there. So, yeah. Well, I, I think it was part of the in, those incorrect solutions where they were hearing what they wanted to hear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can see that. Yes. It was also kind of Barnum, Barnum effect. Barnum yeah. effect. Yeah. There was also the shadow self that we learned right, yes. about can't, that can't term. repress emotions. I'll just fight hard to come yeah. out. Yeah, because Rizwan saw the plane go down, and then he was have feeling very negative about it and trying to suppress it because he was, or and trying to suppress his negative feelings about it because he was like, "But I'm not a victim. I just I'm not watched a victim. it. I just watched it. But like, no, it was, you still had an effect on you. Yeah, it you still, still have to feel the things. affects you, and so you feel the things. Feel That's the, the feelings. Yeah. Yes." Because the shadow self, when you tell it not to, it's just going to fight harder. It's just going to fight harder. It's going to fight harder. Come out and much like my younger brother, when I would like hold him under the blankets, he'd just fight harder to come out. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Especially if you're like, was it hot box? Hot box. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's the funniest thing. I'd fart and put him under the covers, and he just really wouldn't like that. I don't know what's going on. I thought it was all in brotherly fun. <laughs> oh, God. I never did that to my brother. Oh, thank God. That's really cruel. Yes. Isn't there another term for that? Like when you're using, not a hot pot, but a... Your hot box. Yeah, your uh, hot box, but... But that's also like when you're like smoking a lot. You're smoking out a lot in a very enclosed place. So you're turning it into box? a hot box. Yeah, so oh, you're okay. just breathing in all the smoke. But what's the the le creuset? What's that thing called? A pressure cooker? Yeah. Or Dutch no. oven? Dutch oven. Oh, Isn't yeah. Isn't that also called sure. a Dutch yes, oven? Sure, yes. It can also be called a Dutch oven. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> we are now the fart podcast. 
You won't. You wanted it. Here we are. All things farts all the time. Well, okay. Now we're oh, so we've no. gone from no. emotions, <laughs> and we've gone to the moment where they, Alec, and the graduate assistants go to the house of the, the pilot dead to pilot try to try to things. just find something mm-hmm. to find some information about him that they can and he learn bought fresh produce and fresh seafood so he was planning on coming home that, home night. that night and so then they he go upstairs to go investigate murderous. the bedroom and <laughs> in the bed in his bed is or maybe in the guest bedroom maybe the guest bedroom is the pilot's brother the dead pilot's brother and a girl a, who is well, a girlfriend. Yeah, a girlfriend named Daisy. Yeah, and they're having sex. <laughs> bereavement sex. Well, that's what we you. learn when yes. they come downstairs. Grief they're sex. like, oh, no, they're ber- having bereavement, bereavement sex. sex. It's fine. Thing. It's very normal. Just You're really full of adrenaline. And, and then it, it mistakenly makes your body crave crave intimacy. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> about mistakenly. Like, well, just, that's you know, what they said. Or it's just. You can get redirected in maybe ways that aren't the best, I guess. Okay. But it was like cortisol plus something else plus something else Uh, makes you feel like you need intimacy and so bereavement sex. This show, on the one hand, wants to really be super smart about all these things. And on the other hand, (laughs) is just so soapy. It's just like there was as much time I feel in this like talking like with like Alec and Marissa trying to like dance around their feelings for each other. And oh, by the way, Marissa is seeing Jace. Jace is another FBI dude. He is not a coroner. Not a coroner. Although Alex sometimes wants to put him in the morgue. Right, right. <laughs> That's my line. I like that line. It's a good uh, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, but yes, so like, oh my gosh, this is so sudsy and soapy. So yes. This is, I do believe this is the first time anyone has ever like made an arrest by FaceTime. Oh, yes. You're right. So, <laughs> that was great. Because Rory goes, Rory figures out, Rory and Rizwan and Phoebe figure out what happened with, so we were wrong. We were totally wrong. Yes. Although we got a couple things right along the way, but in the end, it turned out that the manufacturing company, Hallette or whatever it is, had done some incorrect software with their navigation package, and the NTSB agent had, like, taken with them taking a bribe, bribe to make it all go away yeah so in any event it was the manufacturer and the ntsb agent who were dirty and behind it all and the pilot was a hero yeah so it was the not the pilot pilot had tried to override the, the atmos, atmos con- navigation navigation system, but in, it didn't work yeah it didn't work yeah, we were not right. However, you we were in the neighborhood. We had a, we got a couple things like along the way. Like I said, it was maybe like he t- he Some... tried to like come on to the stewardess and the stewardess broke his heart. There well, was a little bit in there of how the co-pilot uh, that I was saying the co-pilot, but there was a little bit in there how everybody thought the pilot who was going through a divorce, which they gave the wife one the ex-wife one line, which yeah. I'm like, good for you. I'm glad you got something out of that. But there's a whole scene in there where, like, everyone's convinced that he went to, like, some men's rights organization and got radicalized and was trying to kill all the women on the plane who were there for the World Leadership Women's Leadership Conference. Yes, yes. Like, 34 of them on the plane. And Alec was like, uh. And they hear, they play the black box recording, and you hear, you think you hear. And even the closed captioning. Yeah, the closed captioning reinforces it. So good job closed captioning, like yes. making a choice and running with it yeah. so that we, all of us who we read all our television. We thought we heard, I took the black pill. And yeah. 
and oh that bitch when in fact it's yes. saying prepare to ditch and the atmos is failing yeah yeah so yeah you were you were right about a conspiracy theory and i had said mechanic convinced the pilot with some general terms that were probably wrong and it was a mechanical failure basically not mechanical sorry it was a firmware failure it was a it was a, it was a software, software failure, failure. Yeah. so i was i was circling it you are circling it you are around there i mean you you had the idea you had yeah. an idea about it all but no we didn't win which no. shouldn't surprise anybody and the pilot was indeed a good pilot, the pilot and the hero. they emphasized to us that flying is the safest thing, safer than driving, like Again, 1,600 times less, safer than driving. Yeah. It's just flying is so much safer than, than driving. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And they told us at the beginning and the oh my end gosh. This is, that this they, they is a really fictional want you to work based on no person, entity, or that. other event. Yes. Person, entity, or event. So no person, place, or thing. This is based on nothing. This is fiction. This is a figment. Fiction, fiction, Bo- fiction. Boeing, don't come after us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they really, like, they really, <laughs> I love that. And the one hand, I'm kind of like, sure, they need it. On the other hand, I'm like, do they really, or do they just want you to know? Are they, like, just grasping at some kind of, like, little bit of, no, this is real. This is based on true events, but not really. <laughs> it's based. It's not based on anything, but you might think it is because that's just how we roll. Right, dun, right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah, they don't really have those cool stings, but they don't have cool stings in this. They need a they need a cool car, and they need cool stings yes, for this. He doesn't have a car. Still doesn't have a car. Still doesn't have a car. And Jacob, talk yes. about the lighting. The lighting in this. Oh my lord, the lighting. So there are. This is the. It's so glamorous. It's it, it's. Gl- it's just like when CSI put all the lab techs in the like darkest rooms yes. ever. And you just want to be like, just somebody flip on a light. The interrogation room is lit like more in, like there's one light and it is it's this incredible pin spot between these two, between <laughs> Jace and Owen. And they're like right up in it and right yeah, up and next to it. I'm just, and they, it's like, oh, my Lord. Like, no. An FBI interrogation room is not a fancy restaurant. Yeah. They are not like keeping yeah, you literally was, like, in the dark. Yeah, it was like it was framed. The light, you could see yeah. like the frame. The shutter, the, shutter the, frame like, of the it. The shutter framing of it. It was just no. Just no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and like the, the hallways in it. Like every, like people, these places have fluorescent lights. And if they don't have fluorescent lights, there are LED lights everywhere. Like it's... what This, and what, uh, this doesn't upset me, but it's like... I don't understand. It's such a clear choice because the FBI is lit all moody and the interrogation room has this very tight spot and it's like framed really well. And like even in the like even in their normal offices, everything is very moody like you're at this restaurant. Fine. But then you go to the school and they know in the school, like, everything's really brightly lit in the school hallways mm-hmm. and does have this, like, industrial, not industrial, but, like, this, like, institutional, that's what oh, I mean, uh-huh. this institutional feel of, nope, we're here, there's just these lights in the hallway going on, and it's just, like, you know what it should look like, why does this get the sexiness and this just gets the school thing, it's like, oh, because they, they're just, mm. The FBI honestly looks so cozy. <laughs> 
Like she's got such a nice office with like a wooden and desk and glass like and earth the blue, tones. The dark oh yeah, earth the dark tones browns and, the and blues, flush blues, government blues, government blues. But yes, but as long okay, as long as we're talking about colors that really pop in this episode, his sister. Oh my gosh, Kylie. Kylie yes. looks amazing yeah she's got some pink she's rocking some pink or a fuchsia hair in this yeah. like the like the makeup around her eyes just like all kinds of colors and, and it's beautiful like when she does her hacking because of course she does some hacking yeah, to find hacker. the pilot's <laughs> emails that the fbi couldn't do actually she i take that back she's just like why didn't you ask the fbi to do this and he's like i needed to go to them with answers to prove them wrong fine whatever but like her workstation matches her outfit matches her <laughs> like it's just chef's kiss so well done yeah. like more of her she was only in two scenes we need more we yes. need more of her yeah agreed agreed you know that actress has a lot more yes and a lot more to give and they're just kind of <laughs> they're like we just need you for this and she's like okay okay i will happily do this <laughs> i mean i'd take two two scenes a week for a network yes, show yes for sure we, sh- we should sure. all be so put upon to have that but no more of her please mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so agreed there we go but yes again we were wrong but we're right when we tell you that flying is safe I yes mean, lots of like carbon footprint on that so there's that too you definitely have to worry about that so Greenhouse man. It's yeah. Gonna, it's going to get us all. Yeah. Yeah. But uh... but not before next week. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. We won't be back next week. We're going to take a little break for the holidays around here. We'll be back in the new year yeah. with another episode because Jessica is really excited about this. We might throw some more Only Murder in the Building episodes Yay. out there. Well, we, there we go. Yes, so, so maybe we'll try and finish up Only Murders and then back in the new year with some more full-length mysteries. But I think that's all for uh, The Irrational. Yeah, I mean, we'll come. Maybe we'll come back oh, no. to well, it maybe some we other will time. At some point. Like we're gonna keep like yeah. checking in on this. Like I don't know if Alec ever gets back with Marissa. I, I mean, know. come on, they're clearly is... made for each other. Yeah, except that this is like a classic. Will they? Won't they? And so they won't ever. Because why would you? Oh, I think they totally will. I think they're totally gonna get back together round about the latter half of season two. Well, I take that back. Whoa, if they're only doing if they're two. if they're only doing ten to thirteen episodes a season. I'll give it season three, but they've got to get back together. Now, don't get me wrong. They'll still be Bickerson, and they might, like, break up again at the end of season three, mm, but there's only so. so long you can tease this stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So that's my take on well, it. Well, and I think we were also kind of both concerned about – well, I think we talked about this earlier. Like, how many how many concepts and effects and, like, right. can they – How many experiments can, experiments can on they – On the other hand, Jessica – how many facets are there to the human mind? All right, all right, fine. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Well, we will look forward to more we'll look from forward the to show. Seeing... It's really good. Check it out. Get their ratings up. Get their ratings <laughs> so up. So we get a couple keep, more keep seasons. Keep Jesse Martin this. employed. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, come on. America needs some good, you know, mysteries. And yes. I mean, yeah, this is a mystery. This we, is a this, mystery. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. And the UK is beating us, people. That's right. We got to fight back against those Brits. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy whatever you're watching now, and we will see you soon. See you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. 
go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out. And maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Clue Dunnett private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunnettpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Clue Dunnett private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon. Because watching watching TV TV is always always better with friends. What is your favorite flying-oriented Christmas carol? Flying? Yeah, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is about flying, or like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I suddenly thought, does Con Air have a Christmas part? Oh my God. I think it does. I think it does.